And everybody was fascinated. And they were coming up afterwards and saying to me, oh, would you do that for me? And suddenly I thought, hey, this is what I'm meant to do. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more. And by that, I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter. And today, Joe's interviewing Heather Waring. Heather is another of our guests who has returned for a second go. Joe is really looking forward to an update on what Heather has been up to since we last spoke to her and she didn't disappoint. Heather is the founder of One Million Women Walking, a global community supporting her mission to impact the lives of one million women through the simple activity of walking. Author, coach, speaker and walk expert, she has walked along iconic paths like the Great Wall of China, Inca Trail and Camino de Santiago and it was after using walking as a major tool in her recovery from a burnout and adrenal fatigue that she set up her current business. Walking is her vehicle for delivering self-care, coaching, nurturing and transformation to women 45 plus who have so much life to live. Back to the studio. Today I'm speaking to Heather Waring of One Million Women Walking. Welcome Heather, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me Jo. And uh, thanks for joining me for a second time. You're one of the, uh, the elite few who've been on the show more than once. I am so honoured. I must make sure I don't put a foot wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So start by telling us who you are, what you do and where you do it. Okay. Well, my name is Heather Waring. My business is One Million Women Walking. And basically, I transform the lives of women through walking. And I'm on a mission to impact the lives of one million women worldwide through this very simple but often underrated activity of walking. And I'm based in London, but I walk walk in and around London in the southeast. But really, I'll walk wherever you want me to. And uh, I do take people walking on the Camino de Santiago in France, Spain and Portugal. And in the future, who knows where else? <laughs> Lovely. So I have so many questions just from that opening. Uh, so <laughs> let's, let's start at the beginning. So um, things have changed a little bit since we last spoke. The one million has come in. So um, yes. tell us about how that happened. 
Well, basically, I was doing some work with uh, a mentor, and um, we were just drilling down what my mission, you know, what my mission in life was, which is mm -hmm. one of those dreaded questions. Oh my God, I don't know, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and basically, we got it down to wanting to impact the lives of women through walking. And then, of course, she said, "Well, let's put a figure on it." So, one million sounded like you know a pretty good figure to have. So <laughs> that's that's how that was born, and. So for a while, I set up a Facebook group. Well, for I did set up a Facebook group. Let me just fix that. In November last year, so November the first, and it's grown to. We're just about to hit four thousand four hundred women worldwide, wow. and it's basically a group for women who love walking and women who. Really support that mission and and help me to get the word out, and so they post photos of their walks. They ask questions. We share information. Um, we post articles as long as it's it's walking related, and yes. um, it's it's fabulous. It's one of the most caring, sharing communities I have ever been on, and and during uh, COVID, especially serious lockdown for a lot of countries where people could not get out and walk, the women used to say, please don't stop posting your photos because they are the things that keep me going. Yes. So it's, it's definitely played a role in that. Yes. And I think when we last spoke, my business was called Women Walking, Women Talking. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel there was a bit of confusion perhaps um, happening with, you know, well, what, what is what? So we changed the, um, the business name in May. So it is 1millionwomenwalking.com, but it is the digit one and the group is the word one. So there's still a confusion, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of sort of connected questions then. So I remember when we first went into lockdown, looking on Facebook and, and seeing you posting about, you know, your, um, uh, you know, disappointment, sort of whatever with, with the whole not being able to go anywhere because a big part of your business I, I knew from when we spoke was, was the um, uh, Santiago, what's the other bit? The Camino de Santiago. Oh, you know, that's it, yeah. Um, so I, I remember thinking at the time, oh, Heather, you know, what are you going to do? And, and, and um, you know, feeling for you in that sort of respect however throughout lockdown aside from the places where people couldn't walk um many people have walked more than they've ever done i mean i remember when we first went into lockdown and, and we decided to not leave the house for a period of time because of my mother-in-law next door and so on uh, my husband going well i want to go for a walk and i'm like we don't go for a walk normally why are you suddenly <laughs> desperate to go for a walk and we've got a treadmill so you know we've continued to be able to do that but um there's been almost like a uh, whatever the word is resurgence or um, uh, a renaissance of, of um, seeing walking as being um, you know a brilliant thing to do um, so in some ways what was the trauma for you I guess has, has sort of worked the opposite way as well tell us a bit more about that from your perspective I think you're you're spot on there um, I think in the UK people realize that um, one of the ways to get through was actually to get out and, and take a little bit of exercise. Now, my husband is a runner and he upped his running. But as I walked and walked along paths that normally I would hardly see anybody, I started to see, oh, loads and loads of people. Um, 
And it was very interesting because I was trying to do a series of videos one day and I would quite happily go into the forest, which is near me, and do them. I couldn't find space where there weren't people walking, you know. Um, but I think what was good there was people, you know, realized, a lot of people realized that there was a kind of a therapy about walking. There was mm. a, a kind of element of meditation about walking. And especially, you know, with kids not being able to be at school and a lot of parents suddenly having to turn into teachers um, and having kids and partners at home all the time, a lot of people used walking as a bit of an escape, a bit of a headspace, you know, just to get out. And, and of course, we had that wonderful weather that, you know, how blessed were we to have that amazing weather that just meant it was so much easier to get out and walk. Mm -hmm. So it's funny because different online programs have developed from that. Um, we're just about to launch one called Take a Walk, which is all about self-care and the fact that walking can actually meet a lot of your self-care needs. And that doesn't have to be a long walk. It can be a 10 or 15 minute walk, really. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very easy to do, uh, well, to organize and to develop online. And it means that people, wherever they are in the world, can actually take advantage of it and can can do that program, you know. Mm -hmm. And you, you've got a survey running, I believe, as well at the moment about walking during lockdown. Yes. Tell us a bit more about that. Thank you for reminding me about this. We, we did a small poll um, on our group and discovered that people's habits were changing. And then we felt that actually this was really quite important. And what we wanted to see was if people's habits had changed, would they then change back once, you know, things return to some semblance of order? Mm. And I've talked to a lot of people who don't want things to go back to what they were before. Um, so we decided to launch what we're calling the big survey just to see what women's walking habits were, um, why they changed you know, what they're doing now, what they're getting from it, and whether they intend to actually keep that walking going. Now, we launched it about, ooh, about a month ago now, um, and we're still keeping it open. We're going to do, I mean, it's there to answer at any point in time, um, but we're also going to kind of relaunch it again in um, August. And if if any of your listeners, you know, if you're women, I would love, it doesn't matter if you're a big walker or a small walker, but uh, excuse me, I would just love you to, to just answer this. And if I can just, is it okay to give the link? Absolutely. It's HTTPS and then it's colon, two forward slashes, B-I-T full stop L-Y forward slash one million women walking with the digit one and i'm sure joe maybe you'll put that in the in the show notes of as course well. yeah. Um, yeah you know it's just that the more we've got about we're coming up for 500 responses now the more responses we get the better this um, evidence is and it will help us look at how we go forward and it's very interesting that the government launched a few days ago um, a program to get GPs to prescribe walking. Now, I know GPs in this country, some GPs have been doing this, 
Mm. It's something that a lot of us, um, I include me and other therapists and doctors and medical people have been talking about for a long time. So in some ways, it's a little frustrating that it's so late. But on the other hand, at least it means that people are recognizing not only the physical benefits, because of course that is part of it, but I think equally important, the mental health benefits, the emotional health benefits of this of this activity you can do from your front door, mm-hmm. you know. I've certainly been more talking before lockdown about the sort of benefit of this, as in, you know, there was a period of time where exercise was only seen as going to the gym or going for a run or, I don't know, cycling or, or, or whatever. Walking was always like the poor relative. Oh, yeah. And it certainly had started to become, you know, more talked about, because of the self-care aspect and so on but it, it does does seem that this has really you know highlighted the the opportunity and and the benefits of it hasn't it completely and actually there uh, a guy called Shane O'Mara brought out a book um if it wasn't during lockdown I mean I'm sure it was planned for quite a long time it just <laughs> coincided with lockdown but called in praise of walking and in that he started to identify the evidence of things that I definitely have been talking about for a long time, but there, mm. there wasn't necessarily the evidence to back it up. And a lot of people, they want that scientific evidence. So it's really good that now that's out there because, yeah. you know, even as a tool um, for me, as a tool with my clients for coaching and nurturing, when I walk with clients, whether it's a small group or or individually, the the expansiveness in thinking that comes from being in the fresh air, the the fact that decision making seems to be so much easier, and also the fact that people tend to be more grounded not only to the earth, but actually within themselves when they're doing that, brings about major, major changes. And I also realized one of my things, I'm sorry, I'm on a bit of a roll here. One of my things is going out in the morning for a walk if I can. And I realized that actually walking can be a really important part of your business day. And I say that because I often use the voice memo on my um, phone when I'm out walking because I get inspired and Mm. I can come back having written the kind of outline of a blog post, or even developed a program. And so I'm sure that there are a lot of people in business who might poo-poo it as, oh, well, hold on, I don't have time for that. But I would say, allow yourself to be a little bit creative, allow the creative juices to flow. And I bet you, you'll find out that spending an hour walking means that you have written podcasts, you have done various things, even before you've started your formal work you know mm-hmm. yeah so, absolutely yeah. it's interesting I mean I um, might be a bit of sacrilege but I used to listen to podcasts when I was walking <laughs> than actually okay. just thinking um, <laughs> but uh, but it's interesting when when lockdown happened I thought I've said on the podcast before I thought that podcast listens would go up um, because people had more time and I found my own behavior my podcast listening has gone way down because I don't have the same time that I had before so I don't go um, walking. I go on the treadmill, so I tend to watch something, even and yeah. even though I don't normally watch video, um, yeah. because I need something to keep me occupied. Otherwise, my porch looks really boring, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, and I don't drive 
which is where I listen to a lot of stuff. And, yeah. um, I, and you know, like just going to, to appointments and things where, you know, walked in to get my hair cut or whatever, because I'm not doing that. I'm not listening either. So I actually have to force myself to listen to my own podcast, which I enjoy listening back to, um, as well as a, a couple that I really like. And the rest have just had to go by the wayside. It's, it's interesting how, um, you know, your behavior changes and, and the, the, the things that you, that you, um, or the sort of times you had to do certain things has changed and, and that walking things definitely a real opportunity. Yeah. It's very interesting what you say there. I hadn't really thought about that because I do tend to not listen to something when I'm out walking mm -hmm. because I love the signs of nature. But then on the other hand, I do end up being quite creative and putting stuff into my phone memo, you know, mm -hmm. so there's no, there's no right and wrong about this stuff, I think, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so, yeah. No, it just made me think we were talking about the, the schools are going back in September and um, my husband's now working from home pretty much permanently and we don't um, obviously want Ellie to go on public transport. So uh, we decided between us and my friend opposite that we'll take the children because she's got two girls as well. To mm -hmm. school and pick them up every day between us and and actually we then i then said well hang on simon could just take them because he used to commute to work every day he's complained that he hasn't got that time in the car to listen to the things he wanted to listen to you know his podcasts and things um mm -hmm. it's not going to cost us any more money to take it to school even though it's in the opposite direction really because it's about the same distance you know why doesn't he just take it to work every day uh, sorry to school every day which will effectively be his commute <laughs> So yeah. instead of just walking along the corridor to his office, he's actually going to drive <laughs> to another town and back again and then come back into his office in the house. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> actually, you know, it's a win-win, it's a win -win. you know, the, the yeah. girls get to go to school. We don't um, sort of have to organise who's doing it all the time. And he gets his commuting time that he used to really enjoy. Because uh, uh, the thing he keeps laughing about now is we live um, in Hythe, which is right near the Channel Tunnel, um, you know, on the coast. Mm -hmm. And he used to work in Folkestone, so he used to drive along the coast road every morning. So he's a bit put out. He's going to have to drive down the motorway towards Ashford instead. So he's hoping that <laughs> they might move the school for him. <laughs> I, I think he might be hoping for a long time. <laughs> exactly. Optimistic <laughs> as ever. So I don't know. So the other thing that's happened since we last spoke is that you uh, published a book in January called How Walk. Oh, it says how walked in my notes, how walking, presumably, was it saved my life? Yeah, it was. How, I've just noticed, yeah, I put the wrong title. That's not good. How walking <laughs> saved my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So tell us more about that. I don't, you probably did tell me some of this when we spoke uh, before, um, but and I, it's not really sort of burned in my, in my head, so um, I'm not sure. So tell us where that's come from and, <laughs> and how did it save your life? Well, it might have got mentioned before because it was started as a, a small kind of um, free giveaway um, on a program I was doing with a mentor in America at the time. And this was quite a few years ago. So, mm -hmm. and I, the, the, the title was given to me by another woman who I met out there who, who became a quite good friend who came on the Camino with me. And she is a book person and when she gave me the title, I said, oh, I don't you think that's a bit dramatic? And she said, actually, I don't, because the more I know you and the more I know your story, I do think that if what happened to you, which was burning out, hadn't, if it hadn't happened the way it did, 
you probably wouldn't have stopped and God knows what would have happened. So I began mm. to kind of think, oh, okay. And then I realized that actually, I'll come back to the burnout bit in a minute, but I realized there were a couple of times otherwise in my life where walking actually, in a sense, saved it. And one was when I hurt my back on holidays. And, uh, oh, this was years before. And we had to abandon the holiday because it was at the beginning of the holiday. And the more it went on, the worse my back got. And I couldn't do half the things I wanted to do. And mm. my husband was convinced, you know, uh, oh, you've just hurt your back. And I kept thinking, no, this is a message from the universe. And basically, I worked out. And of course, it's always your own take on things. I worked out that the universe was saying to me, Heather, you've been talking about looking after your own health and self-care for a long time, and you're still not doing it. So we've decided to give you a sore back to force you to do something. And I started walking. And within a short space of time, it made a hell of a lot of difference. And I guess in a funny way, apart from the charity walks I'd done years ago, this is what started me on this journey. And then I was training for a charity walk um, when I was education, head of education at the British Heart Foundation. And uh, I, I was going through a really bad time there um, with one particular member of staff who was bullying me. And I remember training in the Lake District was my saving grace because I would go up there and I would just escape to this wilderness of the Lake District. And I would be sitting on the top of a hill looking out at this amazing scenery and the size of these hills and lakes and think, my God, I'm pretty insignificant, really. So that's just two of the examples. But basically, I, I was doing the Camino and I was working far too hard. And I knew that I'd been working far too hard, but I thought, I'm going away for a couple of weeks. I'll be fine. I went off on the Camino, which I always loved. I was doing it in sections. And it was the section over the Pyrenees from France into Spain. The weather was horrible on the way up. And then a day later turned into hot, hot sunshine. And it was so hot we couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. And although I enjoyed it, I came home really, really tired. But actually, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And that sent me into burnout or into realizing I had burnt out. Mm -hmm. And I call it the biggest gift I could ever have been given because my friend was right. If that hadn't happened, forcing me to stop, I'm kind of scared about my, what might have happened. And I, so the book started off as a kind of way to engage clients. And then it sat for a couple of years and nothing happened. And I work with a numerologist who's the most amazing woman. And it came up in my planning with her. And before I knew it, the key time to publish this book from the numbers point of view was January 2020. Mm. And so I pulled it back out again and I procrastinated, <laughs> but I also started <laughs> working on it. And uh, I launched it on Kindle. And it tells the story. It's, it's in three parts. So it's past, present and future. So the past is all about that week on the Camino and how I came back from that and realized I'd burnt out. Then about how really I started to work with that burnout and 
um, used walking as one of the tools and mm -hmm. the major tool really to get me back on track. And, and all the, it's a very honest account, I have to say. It's a kind of soul bearing account. Um, and I'm actually very proud of the fact that I did open up and really share. And I know it's helped a lot of other women. Um, then the, so that gets us to the present, which is why I do what I do. And um, of course, that came out of knowing that walking had helped me turn my life around and get back in touch with me. And mm -hmm. so I use that to help many other women. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes through actually talking and running programs about burnout and stress and overwhelm, but sometimes just getting women out there and thinking about themselves and focusing on themselves, which is something we women don't always do. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen so many women's lives being, dream, being transformed. And then the, the future bit is all about legacy, really. Because yeah. I am not 30 years of age. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I, I will proudly say I'm 62. And um, I have no intentions of stopping what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. I have no intentions of stopping walking. I still intend to be walking on the Camino when I'm in my 80s. But I think what I want to do, what I want to be able to know happened when I come to the end of my life is that I've impacted the lives of many millions of women worldwide to walk. And also that I've put walking back in its, its proper place, which is a powerful tool for activity, health and well-being and transformation. So if I can have achieved that, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that sort of struck me as, as we've been talking, and I'm sure there's people listening who aren't yet a home-based coach or consultant and are thinking that that might be uh, something they'd like to do. And sort of on the face of it, your business um, has sort of taken something that you love doing yourself and that it's actually it's kind of quite simple to tell people to do, you know, go walking. Yeah. But, but you've turned a turn that into a business so tell us a bit more I mean obviously it, it's as you've just been discussing it's around burnout and coaching people and and you know when we talked last time and it was uh, women walking women talking it was you know those sorts of co coaching conversations while you were walking but so many people say you know find something that you really love and make that your work because then you know you'll really enjoy it but many people say well I can't do that and I could imagine somebody thinking you know I love walking and I want to turn that into a business and many people saying to them, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> How mm. are you going to turn that into a business? Well, you have, you know, what, what sort of thoughts and tips have you got for people looking at a passion and, and, and thinking about how they can create a business from it? Well, the reassurance is that it didn't happen the first time. And, and I don't say that from a negative point of view. I say it because Sometimes you have to try more than once. So way back in 2006, I realized I'd quite like to do this. And um, I had three strands to it. One was um, walking and talking, so coaching. Um, one was to train women to get fit for treks because charities at the time were 
and they still are. They're, they're more concerned about the fundraising. Understandably, they don't really mind if you get a blister as long as you raise the funds. And I, again, I don't say that from a horrible point of view, but I had realized through having doing, done some of these myself that if you trained well, then you would have a much better experience and you would be more likely to do it again and to encourage others. Mm -hmm. And the other thing was that I set up some walking groups um, so that mums who I'd listened to at the school gates saying, oh, I hate the gym. I don't like running and my pelvic floor doesn't like running. I, I don't like swimming. Well, I like swimming, but I don't want to do it regularly because there's the hair and the makeup end of it, you know, all of that. Um, yeah. And I realized that walking was something that I could set up and I could take them walking and I could bring them back afterwards and then they would have the rest of their day. Now, I tried all of those things and some of them worked to one extent or the other and some didn't and after about a year I just had to think to myself this is not actually working the way I wanted to it's not bringing in the money I wanted and actually it's starting to affect my love of walking so I stopped it but in the back of my mind was always this wish to take groups of women walking and mm. I never really let that go and I did start and I can't remember whether you and I talked about this last time but at one point, I was definitely in my wilderness years, not knowing what the hell I was doing. I knew there was something missing. And I, I discovered virtual book tours and I started to build a business around virtual book tours. And in fact, that's why I was working so hard before I went out on the trip where I kind of came back exhausted. And I had also set up to go and do a, a workshop at a big global speakers um, conference in Canada that winter. And I took time off and then I went out to Canada and I did this and I talked about virtual book tours because nearly every speaker has a book and everybody was fascinated. And they were coming up afterwards and saying to me, oh, would you do that for me? And suddenly I thought, hey, this is what I'm meant to do. And so I started doing it. But of course, I jumped into it and it was yeah. all systems go. And about six months later, coupled with the fact that we had been burgled and I'd lost my laptop and the backup files were all corrupt and therefore I lost six months of work on this new business, wow. which with hindsight was meant to happen, yeah. um, I kind of crashed again. And so then I took a year out. Now, it's a long answer to a question, sorry. <laughs> part, part of my, while I, while I was in my second go at sorting this burnout, I was doing some work with Joanna Martin of Lead the yep. Chain, one, one Million Women, or not One Million Women, One of Many. Yeah. And uh, I remember having a VIP day with her and four, five other people. And my question when it came to, we all had about half an hour to talk about ourselves and everything else was sort of generic. And I remember saying, how do I keep vir the virtual book tour happening? Because that's what brings in the money at the moment and organically let the walking develop. And everybody commented and everybody thought both businesses were a good idea, but everybody said the passion was with the walking and I remember Joe saying to me, Heather, in all the time I've known you, and I'd probably known her from about 2012, 
Mm-hmm. She said, the only thing that I've ever known you really want to do is take women walking. So mm-hmm. for goodness sake, stop trying to do everything else and do this. Yeah. And it's ridiculous that sometimes we need permission from somebody else to do what we know we should be doing. Mm-hmm. But that's what happened. And I came home that night via the forest, which I tend to do. And we'd done this visualization on the day. Um, and we had to imagine a wild animal and I'd imagined a deer and I'd imagined being able to uh, put my arm around this deer and, and stroke its, its nose. And I knew my take on it was that maybe I had to suspend reality a little bit because I was being too real about what would work and what wouldn't work. And I was putting up all the, the problems that could get in the way. And maybe mm. I just needed to trust and I'm driving up through the forest. It's kind of twilight. And there, crossing the road in front of me, is not one, but three deer. Mm. And I just remember thinking, my God, if you ever wanted a sign girl, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. I started to, I, I then started to take the business. Now, you asked about taking passion. I think it's a great thing to be able to do but there's not always a market for your passion. So I think you have to test out if there is a market. And I started really with the Camino stuff. I knew I wanted to take a group of women away walking. And I knew the Camino for me had been a big transformation tool and it had been spiritual. And so I developed this week program and I tested it. And it went really well. And I found out some things that didn't work and I found out things that did work. And then I tested it again and it worked again. And then I spent time bedding that down. And then I started to develop other things from it. But I was making money from it. And I think I'm still testing. You know, every time I do something new, and I think most of us in business are, you have to continually kind of test and tweak and move with the times and, and develop, you know, as, as you see fit as you go along, you know. Yeah. Mm. So I think you can turn your passion into uh, a business. I am, consider myself extremely lucky and, you know, my top value in life is health and this helps me stay healthy. But I think... You can't just automatically assume because you have a passion that it will work. You have to look at how you can engage others and where you can make the money. And the first time I would say it didn't work for me at all. It wasn't bringing in the money. I had to find a different angle, a different way. Mm -hmm. That's such a a great sort of um, reminder of how important it is to be flexible and not see those sort of dead ends as you know an issue or, or maybe they're not dead ends they're just the long route rounds where you, yeah. you need to be sort of thing and it, you know that that is so true for for people with um you know not just people with their own business it, it tends to be when they're sort of uh, the smaller businesses you know one man band type businesses because you can be flexible that is I suppose almost a, a positive and a negative. You know, you can be too mm. flexible, or you can be too dogmatic, or whatever. But um, you have got the opportunity to test and move quickly, much more quickly than a bigger company that's got other people involved and that sort of thing. 
and it, it's about keeping your sort of bright mind open to to that need to change isn't it it, it is totally and I mean I, I'm just thinking back as you were speaking it's probably been about seven years from the first time and the second time um mm. however within that I, I didn't know at the time, but those wilderness years were all about me burning out, but I wasn't listening to the voice. I wasn't listening to my body. Um, and if I'd paid attention earlier, then maybe I would have built the business earlier, but then maybe I wouldn't have built the business at all. You know, mm-hmm. you just never know. Um, mm-hmm. But you can probably do it quicker than I did trying it a different way, but that's just what happened to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm really mindful that we have um, totally gone off piste in terms of what I normally ask. <laughs> because no, not at all. I think that was intentional through you know what you have shared and been able to share with us. I just don't want to suddenly sort of pop into the sort of end of the interview that my last couple of questions, not having given you a chance to answer any of the questions that I say I might ask you. So. so <laughs> good is to um and and obviously we'll have covered some of this off when we spoke you know the previous time but you know we talk about productivity we talk about getting things done we talk about working with other people how we keep ourselves energized how we keep moving forward and learning those are the sort of key themes of of the podcast what what else do you have to share across any or one of those themes um with with the listeners just so that I don't um, cut you off in your prime because <laughs> it's been such a valuable discussion. I'm so pleased that uh, we've had the discussion that we've had. Um, and I, I'm not sure there's something in there about, um, you know, self-care and, and so on through the walking, which we've sort of started to touch on anyway. But yeah. what else, you know, um, tell me tell me what else you want to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, um, you know, in terms of what I do to kind of, um, keep improving myself or learning you know mm. I think I think one of my big learnings has been how important that mind body connection is because I realized that I was I'd become totally in my head and not my body and I, I think a lot of us end up there so you know one of my ongoing elements of learning is is to just be aware of that mind body and I started doing uh, restorative yoga and that's really helped with that. Um, so, you know, I think there's, there's things we all um, can learn to do. One of the things that I, that really sets my day up well is when I stick to my morning rituals. And there is a longer and a shorter ritual depending on how much time I have. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's usually something like uh, a, a little bit of yoga um reading a little bit of reading and um reading something kind of mindful reading something um spiritual something useful um and also if i can it's also going for a walk but it's those little whenever i do those things i just start the day off in a much better way and i suppose what it is is actually just giving yourself that little bit of time and not jumping out of bed straight into a full day of work Mm -hmm. um and i do also work regularly not all the time i take breaks but i'm usually working with some mentor um or i'm on some small course that helps me you know just link into where i am where the business is and I think the other thing that I've really discovered in the last couple of years is 
I have invested in bringing on people who have expertise where I don't. And I'm not an overly techie person. I can do certain things, but I was finding I wasn't getting my newsletter out because every time anything went wrong with the tech, when I was trying to put it into the system, it would take me ages to put right again. And so now I have a VA who's a techie VA and she does all of that for me. And yes, I pay her to do it, but my God, it's worth the peace of mind that I pay her because of course she does it. I write the content, I send it to her and she does it in a very short space of time. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, if you're in business, then definitely think about what you're not particularly good at and what takes you a long time and see if you can invest in somebody to do it. Because as I say, the peace of mind is just amazing, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were talking before we came on, weren't we, about how many podcast interviews I've done and how I've been, you know, able to get them out every week since I got someone else to do my show notes. And prior to that, every week was not a word that a phrase that would be applied to it. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. And, you know, I think the other learning for me as well is, um, and this was one of the questions you actually said you might ask me, what do you do if things don't go right? And in the past I would have just battled on. And now what I will do is I'll, I'll look at what needs to be done that can't not be done. So I I had a really bad day last Wednesday and I came off a call feeling awful. And I just wanted to go and bury myself beneath the duvet with ice cream and Netflix, one of those days. (laughs) And I just looked at what had to be done and I kind of thought, okay, can that wait? No. Can that wait? Mm. Yes. Can that wait? Mm. Yes. Can that wait? Yes. Can that wait? No. So I did the couple of things that had to be done. And then I just stopped because it wasn't going to help me pushing on and actually going away. And I don't even know if I did get ice cream, but I definitely probably watched some Netflix. And the next day I was right as rain again. I think sometimes we battle so much with, oh, I can't do that. It's the middle of the day. I can't stop but actually you can, it's okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, so that was my second to last question. And my last question is what about those days where you get to live more? And that's where I talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you? (sighs) Those days will often have some kind of feedback from a client. And it might not be them emailing me directly and saying oh Heather thank you very much for blah 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 it might be a comment posted on I don't know on Facebook or Instagram or something like that that I know that I've been the person who's maybe got them into walking regularly or And maybe they have said, you know, this group, I mean, often people will say, oh, this group, meaning the one million women community, um, has saved me or has made such a difference. That, That makes a great day, knowing that I've made a difference. But also being out and walking. I mean, today in London, it's absolutely beautiful. And I've sat in the sunshine a couple of times between calls. And if I can fit in uh, in about an hour's time, a walk, not a long walk, but just a walk. I'll do that because just, just wandering around in, in beautiful nature and sunshine just makes me feel great. So mm. it's simple. Mm. It's simple. 
had to have a walk in there though, didn't it? Obviously. It had to have a walk. And I'm going <laughs> off next week to do four days walking. Yay. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Heather. It's been so great having you back on the show again. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in contact. The best way to find out about me is to go to one digit millionwomenwalking.com. Just have a good look at the website. It's a fairly new one. We're really excited about it. It's still growing. Just have an explore, get a feel for the different things that we do. Go on Facebook, join the One Million Women Walking community. And that's with a one O-N-E this time. And um, yeah, just just get involved. It's a brilliant way. We do, we do lots of things for people at all stages and, you know, at all budgets. We have free things. We have things that cost money. Um, but if it resonates with you, just go try it out. We'd love to have you on board. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, Heather. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Joe. Stop feeling stuck and overwhelmed. Join Power to Live More Calm membership today and make an investment in your future. The Power to Live More Calm membership is designed for coaches and consultants struggling with the pressures of running a home-based business. You get access to our supportive community, including weekly Zoom calls, accountability, learning materials teaching you online marketing, audience building, income generation, and all sorts of other things you need to run your home-based business with ease, along with materials like templates, checklists and planners to keep you motivated organized and productive to learn more about the power to live more calm membership program and apply visit powertolivemore.com get calm use your power to live more